We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Happy Wednesday. Happy NFL Week 13. And happy uh, welcome to the DFS Pick 6 over here on Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane. Joined, as I always am, by John Dale and Rich Rebar. Uh, Dale, how are we doing today, man? I'm not the guy to talk to. You're the guy I want to talk to because I logged into Twitter earlier in the afternoon and I see a GIF of you running tires and running <laughs> through swings. What was that? When did I miss okay, this that in was, your life? Uh, that was my first ever live final. That was um, that was the FanDuel win, and they had what was called the NFL Combine. And so you ended up having to catch passes from Dan Marino and Joe Montana. Okay. You had to kick a field goal, which I missed. You had to, like, climb one of those ramps like they make you do to get a football. I did that. And first off, I just want to make sure everybody understands one very important thing. Those tires were not regulation. That is a very important distinction to make. And is that, uh, is that why you made it through one in the video? Okay, it was like one and a half. Okay, one and a half. I'm sorry. Yeah. Agility. I feel, like, I feel like I worked really hard to get that one and a half tire. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. But, no, we were talking about it on my XM show earlier today, and our producer had never seen it. And so, like, our producer gets on the Fantasy Sports Radio account and just, like, tweets out the video. Next thing I know, like, my Twitter's just blowing up and everything. And, uh Yeah. Well, Matt, imagine my shock not being you as well. And I look up and there's Eric Crane getting hit by a punching bag, just swinging one way and yeah, just fall, no, was, uh, falling backwards. Well, and you know, that was from like uh, 60 minutes did a piece on daily fantasy and they were mm-hmm. out there shooting it. So that was my one time, like on 60 minutes is just me, you know, busting my ass basically. But then, I, but then I also saw your kid kissing a dog skin to fur. So everything's, hey, everything's okay. Everything's yeah, my okay. Kid, it was a good time with the kid over there. Uh, Reeves, how we doing, man? Any tire stories for you? Uh, no, but you made it through more tires than Kalen Balaj have made it through. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you did well. Uh, you know, you said happy week 14, but it's also happy birthday to John Daigle. Is it, it John happens Daigle to be birthday? Daigle's birthday. How did no you how, how did you know that? Daigle. <laughs> what do you do you know who I am? That's true. That's, that's amazing. I, I mean to be <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, you figured it out somehow, but but yes, it is. It is. Uh, we are celebrating my conception. My parents one time rubbed against one another, and here we are. So 24 years old. So 20, yeah, 20, <laughs> 20, we've made it this far, buddy. 24 years old. 24. 
That's right. Um, oh, that's too good. So wait, what does John Daigle do to celebrate his birthday besides pretend it's not his birthday? I, I, you already know my life. You already have me pinned down, buddy. Uh, literally, I do nothing. I just work. I'll uh, just pretend it doesn't exist. I pretty much just pretend it doesn't exist. Pretend the Facebook notifications don't don't hit me. Pretend the tweets don't happen, even though I do appreciate them. I don't I don't avoid them for sure. But uh, no, it's I just gotta, I got a tweet. I'll keep talking. It's just another just another year, buddy. Just another birthday. Thirty two years old now is the official age. I would love to say twenty four. But we all know with this beard on, it's certainly not 24. All right. Oh. I just tweeted happy birthday to you. So now. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought you were tweeting the show link. Otherwise, I would have. I did, that early, to... I did that earlier, but this is way more important. I absolutely would have tried to stop you had I known that. But. Uh, you know, sorry. Happy birthday, not Jay Daigle. I, hey, we're here for you, man. Oh, my God. There yeah. it is. What's up with you, buddy? Talk, talking about me or Rich now? It's at Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I'm doing good, man. If it, if he's not John Daigle, is it not not his birthday? I don't know how this works. It's yeah. very confusing. By the way, you know, well, okay, I'll say. It. I didn't want to say. It. I don't want anyone jumping on. But apparently, they are deleting starting December 12th accounts that are 30 days inactive. So, uh, hey, we might be turning. Uh-huh. We might be turning hill at the end of the year. We might be becoming John Daigle once and for That's all. Great. I, oh, you man, know are there are people out there that are just like. Ready to go as soon as the second hand moves past whatever the date is. Ready to like, I know Britt Devine, he's pumped about this. Like, there has to be people out there. Like, I just snagged Eric Crane. Maybe at Eric has it tweeted. I'm gonna get it at uh, you know, the very first. I'm, <laughs> just the oh, Eric, yeah, at Eric. How awesome, how awesome would that be? Like, yours would be even better at Rich. Like, that yeah, would be, I mean, I, I love it. You know, I always tell my wife that she always dreamed of marrying Rich, but she just wasn't too, she was too specific enough. <laughs> it's like that commercial <laughs> where the dude's like got the Doritos bag and he says the dog beat me a bear naked and then he gets like a giant bear that shows up. Got to be more specific, man. That is how it goes. All right, guys, before we jump in to the slate, got to check a few items off the old list. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, Comment. I want you to comment on the YouTube link. Happy birthday, Daigle. That's the only oh comment. Oh, my God. This is my sure worst nightmare. Yeah, make sure you get in there. Like, subscribe, comment on it. And also, I want to thank these guys for rocking the Roto-Grinders badge. We got Mod518, Untold Stories. That is a fun screen name if you like being weird. Grinders987 and IU Towley, which is um just not a thing I thought I would ever say on air. So, want to thank you guys for rocking the Roto-Grinders badge. Remember, happy birthday, Daigle, if you're commenting on YouTube. And Daigle, since it's your birthday and I'm here for you, I'm going to let you go ahead and kick us off because we're going to talk to the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, New England, the three-point favorites, 48.5-point total. And, you know, I've heard a lot of talk over the last couple weeks about, oh, well, you know, in the AFC it's New England and it's Baltimore. Is it weird to you that everybody just started ignoring the Chiefs completely? It is, but I think there's been reason for it, right? And it probably is we can attribute their injuries, why they've somewhat struggled and just really haven't been as explosive. But we've also seen on the other side of the ball, this Patriots defense, now that they're not playing Luke Fox of the world and Sam Darnold's no longer seeing ghosts against them. Um, and Josh Rosen isn't on the other side of the ball. Like we're seeing also them come back to life as well. Uh, especially against some exotic personnel like like the two tight end sets that Houston used throughout Sunday night and just rolled over the Patriots. Uh, and also, they, they still did struggle against that Cowboys defense. However, the wind sort of bailed them all out, 
So yeah, it, it's a game that we should still like the Chiefs offense. And in particular, we have seen them play just recently in the AFC playoffs, uh, in the AFC title game to be exact. And we have to see what they'll do. But in that one particular matchup, you know, uh, they moved Gilmore onto Kelsey. Tyreek Hill has had his way in the past three contests they've played together. And it's because Belichick tries to bracket Tyreek Hill in those last three matchups against the Chiefs, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you have no answer for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill can just go off at any moment. So I think it's a, it's a good matchup. It's just one that we should believe in the Chiefs offense, but it would help if the Patriots offense as well does anything at all. Because right now, buddy, they're not doing much at all. You mean you're not excited for the Inkill Harry? Uh... I mean, is, is it even Inkill Harry after he got benched? Uh, if anything, you have to get excited for the touchdown or bust Sonny Michelle game. Oh, after... Yeah, I am definitely not excited about that, <laughs> even though I suppose the matchup lines up really well. Reeves, please do not tell me I have to play Sonny Michelle, man. I mean, you don't have to. If this is like a, a showdown slate or something, I think we could talk ourselves into Sony because, you know, the way that the Patriots did attack the Chiefs last year was really go, you know, run heavy and power run game against them. You know, Sony went over 100 yards and two touchdowns in both games these teams played. But, you know, that hasn't been the Patriots here. They haven't been able to just line up and run the football, and that's been part of their problems. You know, no devil in. The offensive line has rotated a number of guys in and out. I mean, if you do, the Chiefs will let you. The Chiefs will let you run for some yards if you want. They let Josh Jacobs run for 100 yards in the first half they didn't care because they were up 30 to nothing you know it didn't matter that's that's when the Chiefs they don't care about stopping the run they wanted to make you beat them you know via the pass and, and stop them defensively so uh they you know they'll kind of acquiesce to Sony Michelle getting some yards it just hasn't been the Patriots game this year I mean they just haven't been able to line up and do that maybe they maybe they can this week I think we'll see them you know try I think the other side of the ball is probably the more interesting side because the Patriots we know it's two guys there's only two guys we can count on it's Julian Edelman uh, who has double-digit targets now in seven straight games. He's basically the Gibraltar of this passing game. I mean, they can only get the ball to him. The Texans even tried, you know, bracketing, doubling him in the slot like the Bills did. Didn't matter. He still ended up getting there in the end. You know, there was some some junk script, you know, that induced some of that down the line, especially that touchdown. But, uh, you know, it, we can count on Edelman, and we can count on James White in the passing game, and that's really it. I mean, I mean, you're not going to play any of these, you know, ancillary jabronis. You know, Muhammad Sanu looked like he was going to be heavily involved. He's kind of fallen off. You know, they've kind of are just rotating guys on the outside that Tom Brady hates every 15 minutes. You know, whether it's Philip Dorsett, Nikhil Harry, or Jacoby Myers, none of the tight ends have done anything. So, I mean, it's really simple with the Patriots. I mean. You play Edelman, you play James White, and you know if you want to if you want to dabble with Sony because the matchup and how they can attack them, you go that route. But uh, you know the Chiefs side is probably the more interesting side. I mean, we've seen these teams like you guys alluded to play twice last year. Uh, you know, both of these teams are running in a little bit different direction. You know, this isn't you know Mahomes isn't running in as hot as he was last year when he was just like this unstoppable juggernaut. He's thrown for under two hundred yards this past two games, just five point nine yards per pass attempt the past two weeks. But he's he's starting to run more, which we always like. We knew he had that in his game. You know, going back to college, he just never really unleashed it at the NFL level. But fifty nine yards uh, on that Monday night game against the Chargers, twenty five yards and a rushing touchdown last week. That can help him because you know quarterbacks that can move are really kind of the the, you know, the one little piece of like sliver of kryptonite that, you know, the Patriots kind of have, you know, um, the, the Texans kind of incorporated a lot of the things that the Baltimore Ravens did, like they also have the two tight end sets and moving, but they also just straight up beat them in the pass game, which is something the Ravens didn't do. I mean, we saw the Ravens torch the Patriots. It was kind of one of those, okay, well, the Ravens have just gotten off on everybody. They only threw for 163 yards. Lamar had just seven yards for pass attempt. 
all right, let's see really someone torch the Patriots. And that happened. You know, Sean Watts had nine, 9.4 yards for passing. If you threw three touchdowns, they really beat them in the air. So, I mean, that gives us a little more upside, you know, for a guy like Mahomes. And the problem with it from a DFS stance, though, is Mahomes is the QB2 in terms of pricing on both sides. Like, there's no, there's no discount. There's really not a room to grab a ceiling because his ceiling out- outcome is probably in the lower range, you know, of outcomes, you know, given things. And this game is in New England. So who's it feels like every game in New England, by the time we get to Sunday, is projected to have 30 degree weather and sideways rain. It feels like they played 100 of these games or this year, you know, whether, whether it was against, you know, Cleveland and Dallas. Uh, and that's kind of led them into, you know, being this juggernaut at home. They've won 21 straight home games, which matches their franchise record so they can break it you know, uh, you know, this week. So, I mean, uh, I think the Chiefs side's more interesting, but I, I, I feel like I've rambled on and on there. And, and that's why you have to actually just decide the narrative in your head because it's one of two ways. It's either it is raining and it is a weather game and the, and the Patriots compete, which means basically riding Sonny Michelle in that atmosphere, or they get behind by the Chiefs. And therefore, if you do take that salary that's not discounted whatsoever from Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and or Kelsey, then you get that stack and you run it back with James White since James White touched the ball 22 times against the Texans, but 18 of that those 22 times came in the second half when they were down 21 to three. I don't think it's a matchup where they just start rolling out James White because they haven't done that all year. I don't understand why they would suddenly do that now. But if the Chiefs do get ahead and do pay off their high salaries, then you're just running it back with James White because that would be the game script. Yeah, it's just weird because when I look at this game, it's the highest total on the slate. I feel like I'm supposed to like it. And, you know, the price of Mahomes, you're not getting a discount on Tyree Kill. Travis Kelsey's a little discounted. I mean, I guess we should talk about Kelsey. Reeves, is he a guy you're looking toward? Because it's 6.2. We've seen him over 7 before. Maybe a slight discount on him, but I'm not sure it's enough for me to want to play him. Yeah, it, it's tough. And, and, you know, tight end actually is, you know, probably the deepest it's been in a week, you know, probably for maybe all season at this point, you know, with some guys coming back and some guys being elevated. Um, but we know the Patriots always like to take away a player or attempt to take away a player. And historically, when they've played the Chiefs, it's been Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's had he, – last year he had three for 23 and a touchdown, five for 61. Going back to the year before uh, in the shootout they played, he had five for 40. In the game before they had six for 23. He's kind of been the guy that they focused on taking away. Um, obviously, you're not, you know, moving off of Kelsey by any means in terms of like a season long or even, you know, maybe even, you know, saying that you can just fade him outright. Um, but he's kind of been the guy that they focused on taking away offensively. I mean, the, in the same light, I mean, we had Zach Ertz in a similar spot a couple weeks ago where he was really the only show in town for the Eagles. He had nine for 94 against the Patriots. So it's not impossible that he could still hit and pop, you know, at depressed ownership. I have to imagine he won't be popular by the time we get to Sunday. Uh, Tyreek had two monster games in the AFC Championship game. They really switched up what they did. They had, you know, uh, who is it, Jonathan Jones uh, and Devin McCourty really kind of kind of go after him and double him. Uh, that was it. And, you know, the, the probably the weather helped him from not really getting off in that game either, too, because he, he had two monster games before against them in his career. Um, but, I mean, even the Chiefs, like, we haven't been able, because Mahomes hasn't run as hot, we haven't been able to count on um, their ancillary jabronis either. You know, these, you know, Sammy Watkins is like that dude just, he's oh ghosted on the season. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done so. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but those guys earlier in the year that we were counting on, like the Demarcus Robinsons, even Peppering and some Nicole Hardman, like those guys have been nowhere to be found because, like I said, Mahomes just isn't getting the requisite amount of, of over the top, you know, production to, to carry those guys. Yeah, I mean, I look at. 
Sammy Watkins, and at this point, what's another few hundred bucks thrown at him because I keep playing the dude and the key, guy keeps disappointing me. You know, it's like if I was single, I would imagine this is what dating would feel like. But, I mean, Dale, can you play a guy like Watkins, or is there anybody else in this game you're interested in? Birthday well, boy. Well, the good, the good news is you literally cannot do worse than what Watkins did last week. You literally cannot do worse since he laid a double egg across the box score. But – I, I do have actually slight interest in Darwin Thompson. Now, it depends how the backfield shakes out, and it's not a matchup that lends itself. It doesn't pop um, the numbers. Like, it's not really a good matchup for running backs, but it's sneaky opportunity because we have to wait and see on Damian Williams, who didn't practice on Wednesday. They said he may play. We're not sure just yet. Supposedly, has a good chance. We'll see what happens. But if it is Darwin Thompson and LaShawn McCoy and Spencer Ware active, then that basically means only Darwin Thompson's active. And that's when he becomes a really sneaky play. LaShawn McCoy got five carries and three targets last week, and he was 100% healthy as they continue saying they have to manage him down the stretch. And Andy Reid even came out the following day and said he knows McCoy, he hopes he knows McCoy better than any coach in the league and knows what he can and can't take. And so as we move along here over the final four games, they're not looking to get McCoy involved at all as they go to, to the playoffs. They're looking to get their other guys involved just in case they have to step up for injury. So I would project Dalton Thompson for, honestly, uh, over 15 touches if it is just Thompson, McCoy, and Spencer Ware. But again, we have to wait because if Damian Williams gets added, then I'm pretty much off the board entirely. Yeah, and I feel like Damian Williams is going to play too. Like, And I hope so because – this whole Darwin Thompson thing, for those of you who have been playing season long or best ball, like you just hate this guy at this point. Yeah. I mean, Reeves, how much do the Chiefs hate Darwin Thompson? I mean, they find Spencer Ware. Like, how much do they hate Darwin? Yeah, they've kind of gone out of their way to, to really play him. Even last week was just basically forced out of necessity because Darrell Williams got hurt. And then they were up by so many points. They were just like, well, we don't, we don't, we just use this guy. Like they were up, they were up so big. It didn't matter. I actually think if they do, I, I would wager if that enters like the situation that Daigle said, that they would actually play McCoy more uh, and use him in this game because there'd be a lot riding on this game. It's a, it's a very important game, not for them just catching the Patriots, but it would, it would involve playoff seating, home field advantage, um, all sorts of things like that. Like, cause I mean, when Darwin Thompson came in last week, there was no reason to, to give McCoy anything. So, I mean, I'd be curious to see if they wouldn't, if they were forced to play McCoy and, and just Darwin Thompson, that they wouldn't go back to it uh, because he's the, he's the better player. If, if, <laughs> so, that I mean. is, if that is the case, it's interesting on DraftKings at least because McCoy is only 4,400. Uh, so, obviously not your single entries, but if you're playing uh, deep tournaments, then that's not a bad way to go if you think that. Oh, I've played Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that, like, obviously this is a game stack or nothing game. There's not yeah. a lot of cash plays in this game except for probably Julian Edelman. Um, but it may not even matter. I mean, the Patriots are allowing just eight eight rushing points per game at second in the NFL, and they're allowing seven point nine receiving points per game to running backs. That's third. It's just not it's not attractive on a lot of fronts. Uh, it's like I said, game stack or nothing. All right, let's move on to Carolina at Atlanta. It's a forty seven point total. The Falcons two and a half point favorites. So we were talking pre show, and Reeves actually said, "I don't know why this game is on this show." He said it meanly. He said, like, Dago, we're trying to sing happy birthday to him. And I'm like, happy birthday. And Reeves just chirps and all of a sudden, I don't know why the Panthers and Falcons are on this show. So, Reeves, talk to me about why you hate this game and why you hate Dago's birthday. Oh, I love Dago's birthday. Y'all, uh, y'all are going to kill me. But, uh, it's so but fun, the- though, Dago. This is great. 
Oh yeah. I mean, but this game, I mean, these are just two perpetually disappointing teams. I mean, the, I guess I, I mean, the, the Panthers have gotten there. Like it hasn't been pretty what they've gotten there the past two weeks. They did have the one back and forth game with the saints last week was all just, just garbage against Washington. I mean, well, they got up 14, nothing, then were terrible. Then had like a little bit of a flurry at the end. Then Kyle Allen at the worst fourth down in one play in NFL history, uh, where he ran backwards 35 yards and decided like, uh, I mean, that was just wild. Um, you know, they fired Ron Rivera this week. So I think with Kyle Allen, even though he's put up points, like we have to be on, on alert, I think, at this point for him to get benched at any point, like it, whether it be in-game, uh, you know, or, or one of these last four weeks. I mean, it could be like we if, if the, the rumors are true that they're going to move on from Cam Newton, and we kind of all kind of know from the outside looking in that Kyle Allen's not the answer, so you would hope someone inside knows that he's not the answer, that they might take a look at Will Greer or something at some point. Kyle Allen's turned the ball over so much the past month that maybe that, you know, he runs himself out of a game. I think he'd be interesting in another setting, and maybe I'm making him interesting for you if you were on him from a tournament stance anyways. But I think that we have to be on, like, you know, like code red, that, like, this guy might not get through his next game at any point. Yeah, yeah you know, um, I mean, when I look at this game, like, do I like the passing games all that much? Not really. I don't like Kyle Allen. I'm completely over Matt Ryan, not just for this game, but for life. But it's really the running backs that stand out for me. Of course, Christian McCaffrey. Last week was the first week I loaded up on him. Thanks. Appreciate it. But it's really it's hard to play in this week. I mean, it is hard to make lineups. And maybe if we get to the running back thing, we'll talk about it more. But like if we would have got Dalvin Cook out and gotten the smash Alexander Madison spot, uh, you know, but uh, there are not is not a lot of running back values this week. That's why people are so excited to play Patrick Laird, uh, you know, and going to him. But there's just not a lot of wiggle room this week. We've had like a low end guy. It's been Miles Sanders for a couple weeks. Um, his pricing, you know, got bumped up. It's really hard to just cram McCaffrey in this week and really make a lineup without like a hole where you're like, that guy's awful. That's, I wish I didn't have him in my lineup. That's <laughs> why whether you're on team defenses don't matter or not, you're always team drafting prices matter because it's just, sometimes it's a case by case basis. It's literally just sometimes it's hard and or impossible to get McCaffrey in in a week. So you just have to take it week to week. Okay. So is one of the guys we're going to save money in this week, Devontae Freeman? Because I feel like, the matchup's great. I don't like clicking that button ever, but 5.4K against the worst DVOA rush defense in football, don't we have to like Freeman a little bit? I mean, it's there's a lot of recency bias baked in, right? Because we just saw Darius Geis on 19 snaps average over 12 yards a carry and get two touchdowns on season highs and rushing yards. But and like... Then- Teams have been doing it all year, though. No, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, it's just recency bias only because that was just like the tipping point. Like that was the, the iceberg finally melted completely and washed away. Uh, having said that, remember when these two teams, when these two uh, teams faced each other last, or whenever, uh, yeah, yeah, when these two teams faced each other last, it was Brian Hill's turn to do that. And it was different circumstances. I understand that. However, it's not really the Atlanta rushing game or the matchup that we should look at. It's just this offensive line. And the fact is this offensive line can't block at all. Uh, their bottom four in football outsiders adjusted line yards because they can't create holes. Their offensive line is getting healthier. They could have a few pieces back, uh, perhaps Chris Lindstrom. They could have Jamon Brown back in the lineup. But right now, no matter what the matchup is, it's not really one that you can fully trust a guy like Devontae Freeman or anyone for that matter behind the offensive line. Okay, so I don't know. I'm still playing. <laughs> Brian still- Hill week. You remember we did this game on Brian Hill week. It was the same game. Uh, the the uh, Atlanta Falcons in that game against the Panthers 
ran 22 – the backfield ran 22 times for 59 yards in that game in a game that they controlled from second one, you know, all the way to the end. Uh, they did score a touchdown. Quadrillson did have a rushing touchdown in that game. Yeah, that, so. was, that was a lot of fun for he us. He bolted I mean, Broadhill. Yep. We remember. Yep. yep. Uh, Devontae Freeman doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year. This is the week. This is it. I mean, if you're going to pick one, like, the, 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 I mean, they have a lot of rushing touchdown. The Panthers, that is, uh, in nine straight games. Uh, they've won 22 touchdowns to opposing running backs, 19 of them on the ground. They also let Adrian Peterson almost get 100 yards in that game last week, too. Uh, I mean, they're bad. They're a bad run D. It's a bad offensive line because the offensive line has also been why we've seen this Matt Ryan slide. And if you watch that game on Thursday night, I mean, last Thursday, Matt Ryan had no chance in that game. Um, a lot of people have said, well, since Matt Ryan had that ankle injuries, he's bad. But low, look at his past five games. He's been pressured on 45% of his dropbacks the past five games. 45% is one every two almost. Um, it's, that's just insane. Uh, you know, that's crazy. In the first six games, he was under pressure uh, just 34.6%. That's a pretty big jump, over 10%. Um, and, you know, Carolina's defense, the one thing they actually are good at is pressuring the quarterback. They have multiple sacks in 11 straight games. That's the longest streak in the league. Um, but on the one game Matt Ryan did play well over the stretch, it was this game against Carolina. Um, he's thrown for fewer than seven yards for pass attempt in four of those five games, but he averaged 10 yards for pass attempt in that game against Carolina when they last played. He just didn't really have the touchdown variant swing his way. And, of course, there was the one to two weeks where he had, like, positive Falcons game script. Uh, you know, really, they've kind of proven that we can't count on that. Uh, that little stretch that they had where we were, we talked about their defense at nausea. Uh, but uh, it, he's just become a tournament play. That's just really where we are with Matt Ryan. Um, he stinks. Like the dude just stinks. <laughs> we were talking about this three months ago. Yeah, that he's like throwing bad interceptions in the end zone. He's made like – he's like Jameis Winston, man. Like that's who he reminds me of, just these bad throws, these bad picks. And I don't know, like I – I just don't like Matt Ryan. He's probably not a good person. Like, I just don't like the dude. I mean, I don't don't have any idea about that. But I I just blame the offensive line for Freeman. I blame them for taking Brian Hill away from us that one week. I I blame them for Ryan. I blame them for Julio's injuries. I blame them for Calvin Ridley not playing in the slot. I blame them for everyone except Christian Blake's nine targets out of nowhere every single week. You probably blame them, the offensive line, for letting Reeves know that it was your birthday. Uh, I probably – I blame them too. I blame Lindstrom for no, letting everyone know it was my birthday. Um, it's, it's interesting, though, because we've actually only seen this offense together one week because Muhammad Sanu was traded after week seven, and then Matt Schaub had that game where he somehow threw for over 400 yards against Seattle in week eight, and then Austin Hooper went down in week 10. So week 10, before Hooper went down, was the first time we ever saw the posts a new offense together. And Julio Jones did have a 26% target share in that game. Uh, as we talk about on this show time and time again, this is the show that doesn't care about cornerback matchups whatsoever. So James Bradbury, you're going to hear it in a lot of places. doesn't matter whatsoever. You're either going to play Julio or you aren't going to. And I think there's reason, there is a reason to play him. But again, it does come down to, and that would be a good pivot as well, by the way, off of Freeman. But uh, again, it does come down to Matt Ryan being a good person. <laughs> and by the way, if you care about cornerback matchups, I get it. Julio Jones ain't the guy to care about it with. And, <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Really, really quick, uh, feel free to play Ian Thomas. Uh, Greg Olson looks like he's going to be out with concussion. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could talk about the Panther side if you want a little bit. What you, do you mean? I mean? Christian McCaffrey. I mean, DJ Moore, you were gushing over, gushing over before the show. 
Yeah, like, I mean, DJ Moore has been uh, – we were joking because uh, – on FanDuel, I played. I I just I checked. We checked. I played DJ Moore and FanDuel cash six weeks in a row because That's they impressive. never cared. They never cared about adjusting his pricing like at all. There was a four week stretch where he was under six k. Uh, he's slowly, slowly getting there because the touchdowns have come. I really feel like FanDuel's algorithm is really just based on like dudes that score touchdowns because like these like a lot of guys like Devontae Parker they, like they hung on like to low end pricing forever just because they weren't getting into the end zone. Um, but they have been objectively really good plays in terms of like they stick out because of target volume at their pricing. And uh, DJ Moore has been one of those guys. I mean, since week five, he's fourth among all wide receivers and targets, fourth in catches, fourth in air yardage. And they finally decided the past two weeks that, oh, wait, we can actually throw to this guy in the end zone. I mean, uh, he, they, they, he's got three end zone targets the past two weeks. Uh, you know, this three is what he season. was supposed to be. All offseason, yeah. this is what we're talking about with DJ Moore. It's finally happening. I mean, it's not, not his fault that they don't do it. I that's mean, right. It's, it's Matt Ryan's fault. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, it's Norv's fault. Or, you know, no, I'm Norv. still blaming Matt Ryan for everything. I know that Dago's all about the offensive line. I'm blaming Matt Ryan. I'll blame Cam Newton. If he's hurt, that's not my problem. I'm still blaming him. Like, it's just how we are. It's just how we are. And, of course, you can play Curtis Samuel in tournaments. Um, every week, you can play Curtis Samuel in tournaments. And, like, like you said, Ian Thomas, that's your Tyler Higby of the week. Take it, run away with it in cash games, have a good time. Dude, did you see the guy, like, he used to work at Roto-Grinders, Bobby. He got, like, fifth in the Millie Maker, and he didn't play Higby. Yeah. Like, he lost by three points, and he didn't have Higby. He had, like, Jimmy Graham or something. Oh, a- bummer. I didn't play Higby last week either, but I played oh, no, Doyle. No. Captain Jack st- – no, it's Captain Jack saved me, but he right. saved me from embarrassment because yeah. Higby – I was down for the flow chart. As like a, I did not expect him to have 100 yards in the first half. It was <laughs> – for me, For me, it was never about, like, the, the flow chart. It was just about Johnny Munt. His season high was three routes run. He just – he literally doesn't run routes at all, so they only have Higby behind him. It's like, all right, I'm just going to play Higby then. He's the sad play. part – the saddest part is that it was on golf. It didn't play Higby. Yeah. And, <laughs> the worst, and, and you're the, the one that came on the show and talked about golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really going to test the flow chart this week with uh, with Vance McDonald. Oh, oh, dude, they priced him up, too. He's, like, yeah. over 4K. No, uh, I'm yeah. not about, I don't think I'm about that life. <laughs> you about that, about that life? All right. Are you about the life of the Colts at Tampa? Tampa Bay minus 346.5 point total. It sounds like Marlon Mack is trending toward playing this week, which – makes this game, Daigle, a little more interesting because normally this Indianapolis team just wants to kind of run at you, not have to put the ball up a whole lot. And against this Tampa Bay team, of course, that doesn't really work. The run defense, they've just been shutting down everybody, which makes you think, does that mean Indianapolis is going to be forced to throw? Is this a potential shootout? Indianapolis outdoors when they're used to playing indoors, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but a passing offense against the Bucks. I'm supposed to like. Talk to me about this Colts offense. Jacoby Brissett is a worrisome play, but at the same time, it's it's a Bucks defense that maybe people have forgotten because it's been a while. Because remember, week 10, Kyler Murray pasted them for 324 yards and three scores. But we haven't seen a performance like that against them despite nothing changing, despite them still being awful in that time. Uh, the next week, Saints laid, laid an egg on the road because remember, Drew Brees and everyone went to Mons Venus the night before and then came out and they got had a lot of dumpster beers. They played in Tampa Bay. And by the way, Crane, you don't know what dumpster beers are, but quickly, I, uh, I let's say a friend told me that if you go to Mons Venus, they don't allow alcohol inside. So you have to buy beer and keep it outside as a secret. And so uh, that friend may have left it by the dumpster. So you have to walk in and out 
by the dumpster and then go inside. It's not like it's a secret anymore. It's a, uh, well, it's, it's dumpster beers and Drew Brees knows about it. The following week then, Matt Ryan got sacked six times because he's a terrible person. And then the week after that, the corpse of Nick Foles started this past week and had multiple three and outs, um, two fumbles, just a miserable performance. So nothing has changed in that three-week span. They've just had bad matchups. And so now we get Jacoby Brissett, Marlon Mack coming back, yes, but you still are not going to run the ball against Tampa. Uh, we're going to probably not have T.Y. Hilton. We're not going to have Devin Funches. We may get Paris Campbell back. Um, there's no Eric Ebron. But that just tells me that, yes, Brissett can still attack this offense or defense. And, yes, uh, Zach Pascal will, at the very least, be on the field every single snap because all they have behind them is Marcus Johnson, Ashton Doolin, and Chad Williams, who they just called up from the practice squad. So if you're going to stack them or if you're going to play one, I mean, the defense is still just as bad as it's ever been. Yeah, no, I like it. Is Paris Campbell hurt? Did I miss this? Uh, Paris Campbell's been hurt for like a month. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I thought he was supposed to come back. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. He, he was limited last week. He didn't play, but then he practiced in full on Wednesday, so he probably will come back. Yes, Paris Campbell, SZN. What's his salary? He's 3,200 on DK. Didn't he get uh, eight he, targets like in his last game too? Something yeah, so really in the, interesting. In the two games he's played without TYO, and he had five targets on 61% of the snaps and eight targets on 62% of the snaps. Interesting. Um, the one thing about him is that it's like all like very intermediate, eight, eight yards, a dot, uh, 7.7 yards per catch. Uh, so he needs that volume, but, uh, you know, you know, it's not a guy you're playing in cash anyways. I mean, if you're game stack in this game, he's the, he's the cheap option, uh, to try to squeeze in. Yeah. Reeves is in on Paris Campbell. I could tell he's like, like in tournaments, he's going to be firing. Zach Pascal, by the way, last week, my highest stone receiver. So I'm just going to pet myself on the back. Good job, yeah, baby. That a man train. Yeah, but uh, Paris Campbell, I'm in on him this week. And Reeves, you know, I, I know defenses don't matter and everything. We know the Colts are going to try and run in this game. That's what they want to do with Marlon Mack. Do you think that they run Mack a little bit too much to mess with this passing offense? Or what do you think about the Andy side? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they approach it. Uh, you know, 40.4% of the Colts' offensive yards of the season has come from rushing. Uh, only the Ravens have more. Uh, but just 21.3% of the yardage gained against the Bucks comes via rushing, the lowest rate in the league. Uh, they're good against the run. They're a pass funnel defense. They've allowed just one rushing touchdown since week seven. Uh, so, I mean, it, it really is going to force, you know, the Colts to come out of their shell a little bit. Now, just do the Colts have the bodies at this point is the question that you guys kind of alluded to because um, they're going to have to throw. I'll tell you what, we learned last week, the Bucks are no fun when they get to play with the lead. We've been spoiled all year with them losing games and, you know, winging it all over the yard. Man, when they were up 25 nothing, it was heartbreak in that game. I mean, it was. We yeah. want the Bucks to be trailing. We want them to be throwing it all over the place. That's when they're they're fun because it was no fun watching them nurse a huge lead last week. Uh, you you know, mean you didn't play a lot of Peyton Barber? Is that what you're saying? Oh boy. I mean, and, you know, Bruce Arians <laughs> can take his tinfoil hat off this year. Come out here and say I benched a running back because he missed a, a blitz pickup. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him with a ruler because he made a mistake when he has a quarterback that has 22 interceptions and 12 fumbles. Get out of here, Bruce! Like I, I mean, get out of here, dude! Like you know, the, Bruce Arians and all his stuff this year has been such nonsense all season. He doesn't know how to use, uh, you know, OJ Howard. Okay. He doesn't know how to use any of these running backs. Uh, Winston, he's fine with just still dropping back and being his, you know, Carson Palmer. It's, I don't, I don't buy anything Bruce Arians said all year. He said a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I hate him. Uh, he's, he is a terrible person. <laughs> Bruce Arians, Matt Ryan, get a room. 
<laughs> I have some dumpster beers together. Um, he did say that Ronald Jones was still the guy, though. I, I mean, there's no – it's such a – God, what's, what's the equivalent of a, ter- a terrible – Tuttle's terrible take here? Uh, dirty Daigle. Like, Ronald Jones is not even a dirty Daigle because he's like – he was a 2% play last week, and he saw how that 2% play went. He's not a 2% play this week unless you just truly hate yourself or just have much, much more courage than me, much more. I mean, I need like nine dumpster beers to play Ronald Jones this week. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you. I'll guess, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Rashard Perryman. I don't like, I'm, You know what's funny? Something. You know what's oh, funny, no. though, is that, uh, okay, no, this is this is the dirty daigle right here. It's because uh, Scotty Miller is still not practicing. And last week, uh, Rashad Perryman did play a season high in snaps, had a season high in catches and receiving yards, and it wasn't a fluke. It was because uh, Scotty Miller was out because they've been rotating as their third receiver. But that would also say, that would also take the Bucks having or trailing and being play, playing from behind because again we saw what they'll do if they have a lead which is a disaster yeah but i mean how could you play brashard perry when you can save uh 500 bucks and play paris campbell <laughs> i'll play them both you're you playing both you can yeah. get everybody then you really hate yourself then you get to party on uh <laughs> no but uh dangle talked about this a couple weeks ago and it's kind of held true i mean they've really the bucks have kind of extended their passing tree out a little bit and it's still been the you know Godwin and Evans still are the guys carrying all the water but uh, through eight games Mike Evans was at 28 percent and Chris Godwin's at 24 percent uh 52 percent combined you know team targets and over the past four games those guys are at 42 percent so I mean they've lost 10 percent of targets and spread them around uh you know through eight games Dari Ugumawale was the third highest guy in target share now they've got we've got three other guys with higher target shares than what he had at that point so they have started to incorporate some of the jabronis which is kind of awful it's really I mean Mike Evans is he's kind of the the variant play I mean he's he's the guy running cold he's exactly four catches in his past four games but the Colts have really you know Last year they played that real heavy zone and not, didn't give a lot of big plays. But these, you know, recent recently here these past three games they've been getting really beat over the top. And we saw in that yeah. Thursday game, uh, Will Fuller had seven for one forty catching deep balls. DeAndre Hopkins six for ninety four and two touchdowns. The week before, DJ Shark got him for one hundred four yards and two touchdowns. And last week they gave up a forty yard touchdown pass to Khalif Raymond. I mean they're really starting to leak at giving away some of these big plays. So I mean. Um, We've seen Mike Evans do this before. He goes and lulls. That's what makes him a little different than a lot of the the top wide receiver ones because his his lows are a little bit lower than those guys, and he tends to fall into these gaps, you know, uh, in season long play where he does this. Uh, but when he snaps out, he usually snaps out in a big way. All right, let's talk some quarterbacks on this slate, and um, you know, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> is it the easiest matchup? No, but. It feels to me like he's just this whole freaking offense, and I still feel even at 7.4K, it feels weird taking a road quarterback in a game with a 43-point total. That's the most expensive quarterback on the slate. But, Daigle, I want to do it again with Lamar Jackson. Is there a reason not to in this matchup? No, I mean, his legs obviously just make him matchup-proof. That's why the Niners matchup wasn't a concern, which is also why it was really strange that DraftKings brought his salary down. Like, if anything, Lamar is a guy you're waiting to get over 8K, and that's when you don't pay for a quarterback over 8K. That'd be crazy. But uh, but anything under 7,500 is just like, yeah, you you just priced him wrong. Uh, it's the, the floor is far too high. It was a much tougher matchup against the 49ers, and even then we weren't worried about it. It was probably the first time all year long, I believe, that he came in under 30% in cash games, um, despite his salary decreasing. 
So back up to 7,400, which it was against the Rams two weeks ago. Uh, I'm again, I'm all in. Like, I mean, there's no reason not to be. Yeah, it's yeah I mean, the, the, the Bills are third in expected points added via their defense. And Lamar Jackson's already played the first and second teams and had over 20 fantasy points in each game. And the way the Bills strength of their defense is, you know, their back end and secondary play. Not that they're not good at rushing the passer, but they struggle against the power run. And that's what you know the, the Ravens do. That's where they live. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we know that he's a, you know he's got the high floor and he's a cheat code. I mean, I don't see any reason to really you know move off of it, move off of Lamar Jackson being or have any concern for him in you know this matchup. But I mean, there are a host of other quarterbacks this week that have you know really tough matchups that we would say you know whether you know you have Drew Brees, Dak Prescott on Thursday. Uh, there's all kinds of you know matchups all over the board that guys are kind of you know in weird territory this week you know with Mahomes if it hits or Watson those are the matchups that can go either way uh based on those guys and we've seen some of those guys have lower floors than normal in certain spots this week so it's a fun week for quarterback plays now all those guys aren't in the main slate uh but yeah I mean Lamar is the the, the bread and butter of the position all right Dago what other quarterbacks are you looking at this week uh, I think a lot of people will go to Sam Darnold in this matchup, even though he struggled the first time against them. Even if Sam Darnold hits, though, I think it's a really good opportunity for Ryan Fitzpatrick, actually, against the Jets. Uh, the Jets are gonna, going to be missing, most likely, their two starting corners. And and they've struggled anyways, right? But two starting corners. And, anyways, like I know. And <laughs> Jamal Adams is the big one, because Jamal Adams, remember, that's a guy that the Cowboys nearly shipped two first-round picks for. Um, he leads them as a safety in sacks, blitzes, and pressures. Has 32 more blitzes than the next closest defender. As a safety in Greg Williams' scheme. So then you'll get uh, Devontae Parker, obviously, fifth-year breakout out of nowhere. Mike Jacecki playing over the middle, because Adams was responsible for covering their tight ends. And then even, as you mentioned earlier, what would be a rotor grind show without saying Patrick Laird is also actually a good play this week so I, I like the spot no matter who hits for Ryan Fitzpatrick in particular to soak up all that production I swear to you Reeves looked like he was disgusted when you brought up Patrick Laird he did this little like I, it's only a, it's a salary play for me and in particular a receiving back play well first of all this game should have been the game that was one of the games Dolphins Jets should have been you have input game. here I have no input. I'm you just along for the ride. I'm input. just, I'm just a face. You bring me in to talk that, about stuff. That's not I think Laird is fine. I think Laird is fine, but I think the problem with Laird is that you have to get all receiving. I mean, this is the worst rushing offense uh, in the NFL, facing the number one run defense in the NFL. Like they aren't going to run at all. Even last week, he had ten carries for five yards. You got to get those catches, which he is capable of doing. You know, he's had a six catch game and a five catch game. I, I will uh, say though, their their <laughs> running backs coach did come out and mention that uh, Miles Gaskin is a guy that has looked better in the receiving game at practice, anyways. So I don't know what this even means. Maybe it's not even actionable. Then they thought. So uh, it is interesting to see if they get Miles Gaskin more involved because you do need literally a hundred percent of the targets in the backfield to go to Gaskin or to go to Laird for him to pay off. Okay, so earlier today, I had a buddy message me, and he said, so, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, this quarterback gets a mention on tonight's show, right? And I'm like, I will make it happen. And he goes, I'm just reading here, not sure you're going to need to, because Rich will. This guy's cheaper than Locke, Blau, Dalton, Minshew, and Hodges, and a bunch of other people. So, Reeves, I think I know who your quarterback's going to be that you want to talk about. Do you know who your quarterback is going to be? That you the know? bad quarterback of the week? Yes, the cheap bad quarterback. Oh, yeah. We need a theme song or something for this moment. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, where he's going here because you said Hodges. I thought that would have been the one. No, it's uh, cheaper than Hodges. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he's headed. To be honest. All right, it's not Derek Carr. 
<laughs> no, dude. Oh, dude, Derek no. Carr. You cannot. You just can't. Uh, it's a good He's matchup, 5K. too. He's 5K, a home dog quarterback in one of the bigger totals of the week. And uh, it's the Titans who give it big plays. Come on, Reeves. Come on down with Derek Carr. They've allowed just three QB1s on the season. They have allowed four 300-yard passers in their past six games, so you can chase the bonus if you want. But, man, Derek Carr is bad. Okay, here. You I like bad quarterbacks, car. too. You can my have problem with, Go ahead. My, my problem with Derek Carr is that he's complete champagne room, and there is no sex in the champagne room. <laughs> like, he does not – he just does not deliver big ceiling weeks, man. It is tough. Wait, when he gets there, he barely gets there. Like, man, all I know is that uh, somebody on this I'm show wanted to make with Derek Carr. That's all I know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I believe. Definitely. Listen, man, I get it. I it, get it. Yeah, like you said, three, uh, 400, 300 yard passers. The ma- the matchup isn't that bad. I also worry about that game as a whole. I saw Rich tweet this earlier. I wrote the, this about this on Tuesday in the waiver wire column at Roto World that uh, Ryan Tannehill's past three games he hasn't gone over twenty three pass attempts because it's a Derrick Henry offense, and so they really just don't even need Ryan Tannehill in this game because it's once again another matchup that sets up best for Derrick Henry. Um, the only reason we're not talking, about, well, we may talk about Derrick Henry. His salary is pretty high, but. Uh, but, yeah, that's why Tannehill's worrisome, which makes this entire game and both offenses worrisome. You're not going to – I mean, Tannehill and Tyrell Williams, they are cheaper Dude, than – you're Christian not talking me into Tyrell Williams. I will not <laughs> abide by Tyrell Williams' talk. I'm not playing Tyrell Williams. You tried to sell me on Tyrell Williams 3,700 times Two this weeks season. ago was just the biggest I'm freaking not, disaster, man. I'm not doing it. I'm just it. sitting here, like, pre-Thanksgiving slate, wondering what the hell has happened to my life as I sit here and go, please, Tyrell, have more than two catch. And he was like, no, I'm good. That's all you, they just you, don't throw to him. They don't throw to their wide receivers at all. That's the problem. I mean, and they don't throw to <laughs> Josh Jacobs either. Uh, this, I mean, it's a, it's a very odd team. I will say that, you know, Darren Waller is back in our graces without Hunter Renfro. As long as Hunter Renfro's out, you, know, you can keep playing Darren Waller. That's totally fine. I mean, didn't Daniel's Renfro interesting. have a punctured lung like he's out? Yeah, he, I mean, he's not playing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, if he's out, I'm like, what are you talking no, about? No, they, they said he may come back week 16, but he's not playing this week for sure. No, no, he's not playing this week. I mean, if you ever wondered what, what would be like if one of us played in the NFL, what would happen to your body, that Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro displayed it. Like, that's that's what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that game's interesting. I've dubbed the the Titans basically are the, the AFC Seahawks. Like, that's who they are. Crane was on mute just there trying to talk, by the way. I, we, it was, it wasn't, he was going to talk about Tyrell Williams. I, mean, <laughs> I was not talking about Tyrell Williams. That's a good point. I was talking about if He's we were He's definitely going to hit this week now because dude, you always do this. Like, you'll you'll bring up a dude and, like, we all bag on him. <laughs> I do this. this, this for years of doing this show, for years of doing this show, whether it be me or Silva or me, and, you know, like, anytime we, like, vehemently, like, go against you on one of these guys, like, this dude's going to pop. Uh, and we've been pretty nice this year. Like we didn't even we kept quiet with Ty- <laughs> Tariq Cohen week too. Like we we shut our mouths. We're like, okay, maybe Crane's onto something. But I will say I'm on the bagging. Di- the whole thing about Tyra Williams is that he's going to get four targets, and two of those are going to get flagged. So you have to make do with two. And he's going to drop one of game. them. He's dropping yeah. one of them. So one, sure. one target a game. One target a game. You have to make do with. That's all you need at 5K. You only need the one target. That's all you right. need for a million. Tyra Williams and Paris Campbell teams ready to go. And it's going to be a good time. And, of course, I'm going to have all the money in the world to spend at running back when I use those two cheap receivers. So, Reeves, are we paying for Dalvin Cook? Are we looking to save a little at running back? What are we doing at running back this week? It's it's a tough week, man. I have not really settled on how I want to attack this because of the Dalvin Cook situation. Because it would have been a week where I just would have, we would have just played Dalvin Cook. 
Like we would have went, we would have took the salary loss and known that we had a high upside guy against the Detroit Lions at home as a huge home favorite with a, the highest team total of the week. But now with the shoulder injury, is this a situation where they limit his reps? Does he reaggravate the injury? Um, like all these things are in the air to like pull to add some fragility to playing Dalvin Cook. And now that Dalvin Cook's even playing, we don't even get to just jam in Alexander Madison and have him be a universal chalk week. So it's a little tougher uh, spot this week at the running back position. Um, kind of scatter shot. I mean, some guys in like that mid range, though. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, Lenny is still ha- has to be on the board, especially where he's priced. I mean, he's he hasn't averaged over four yards or carrying a game since week seven, but he just keeps delivering no matter what because of just his workload is so immense. I mean, he has forty nine percent of the Jaguars' targets. He has seven or more receptions in four of his past five games. Uh, 41% of the fantasy points against the Chargers this season have been scored by opposing backfields. That's 31st in the league, uh, ahead of only the Chiefs. So, I mean, he's kind of just, if you want to just take touches pricing and say, give me a touchdown, Lenny, uh, you know, hopefully he gets there this week, but he's in that bucket. Uh, counterpart in that game, uh, I think Melvin Gordon is interesting this week. Mm-hmm. Now, we'd like to see Melvin Gordon's receptions kind of bounce back to where they mm-hmm. were the past years, but they haven't. Just two and a half catches per game. That's what's really hurting him because he actually has gotten better and improved. He's had 90 or more yards from scrimmage in four of his past five games, uh, four games over 100 or more in those games. Um, four different backs have hit 100 yards on the ground against the Jaguars in their past four games. Uh, they've just been they've been getting smoke showed on the ground uh, to get didn't have Peyton Barber last week uh, <laughs> against them. But uh, those guys are all kind of interesting. I, I'm i going to just go back to the well in tournaments one more time. I think Alvin Kamara is interesting this week. He broke our, broke my heart on Thanksgiving because I 100% Alvin Kamara, and I had some lineups that were in the mix going into that late game. Um, but, nice. but the 49ers, like where they have struggled against backs this season have been combo backs. Christian McCaffrey, Kenyon Drake, the guys that have reason success on these combo backs, guys that can catch the ball. Uh, I'm Without – um, Andrus Pete, possibly without Taron Armstead. I mean, they're going to be getting rid of the ball quick in that game. Uh, I imagine they do a lot of – Kamar gets a lot of receptions in this game. And, you know, he's still due, man. He hasn't scored since week three. Uh, he's, he's still due, man. I think he's, I mean, he's not a cash game play, but I think he's a great tournament play this week. Okay, so, yeah, I like Kamar a lot too. And he's 7K. I look at a lot, of, a lot of the projection systems I've looked at. They like him just as much as a guy like Leonard Fournette. So I have no problem at all. With uh, Kamara, Daigle, what running backs are you looking at? Uh, Reeves kind of took all the good ones because I like Melvin Gordon and Alvin Kamara a lot. Not uh, a good birthday present. If you, if you tell me, if you tell me two off the board, though, I guess I mean you're not going to get the catches. If you do, you'd have to get lucky. It's a touchdown. But um, Mark Ingram on DraftKings in particular, oddly enough, because he doesn't catch passes, is just super cheap. Uh, discounted from FanDuel quite a bit. So Mark Ingram, fifty nine hundred on DraftKings, a sneaky one in tournaments. And then uh, if you want a really dirty one, this is like this is like the 1% play. I don't know why. I looked into it. I looked scoured reports all over all week long because I don't understand. But for some reason, Duke Johnson led in touches that entire game, and Carlos Hyde didn't outcarry him until literally the final two drives of the fourth quarter. Until that point, it was literally all Duke Johnson. Um, Duke Johnson in targets. Duke Johnson in catches. He had outcarried him by like seven touches at one point. And then Carlos Hyde snuck up, even though they were up by four scores at that point uh, in the fourth quarter, which is which is odd usage, if anything. So Duke Johnson just dumb cheap on DraftKings in particular, and so that's a sneaky tournament play. I mean, Carlos Hyde's the garbage time guy now. I mean, he's yeah, been he's bad the last month. Receiving. 
He's been he's bad, bad for, for years. This isn't a this isn't a last month sort of thing. He's sucked for years. Okay, that's fair. Matt Ryan and who is the other guy, Daigle? That's that's a bad person. Uh, there are a lot of bad people on the show. Um, <laughs> there are who, three of us right now. Who was the yeah. other one? I forgot who the other guy was. You read someone that said it. He's a bad person. Uh, oh, Arians. Yeah, Arians. Yeah, Arians. Yeah, okay. There it is. All right. Let's talk some wide receivers. Birthday boy, lead us off. What uh, what wide receivers are we looking at this week? It's just a it's a so wide receiver. I feel like it's my Reeves running back situation where I've been playing around and uh, I'm not sure. I'm struggling to find some cheapies outside of Paris Campbell as you talked about. So I think I think one in particular, Robbie Anderson is a cheap one that should be in a shootout matchup. Um, and it. It, it sucks this week, I guess, because it is going to lead to recency bias since he was still getting the air yards, but then finally hit on 10 targets just last week. But it's still a great matchup. We don't, we don't worry about the Jets really pressuring too much. Um, or we don't worry about the Dolphins pressuring the Jets too much. Uh, and that's, that's really all I have my finger on right now. Let me ask both of you something. What do you think about Michael Thomas at a reduced salary in a bad matchup? You play him. Like every every week, Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver play. I'm here, guys. I'm I'm sorry, Cardi. I'm going to do this. I'm looking at the blitz right now, just kind of taking a look at some salaries. Mm-hmm. He is the best point per dollar play at wide receiver listed on the blitz right now. You play him every week. If this, you know, people talk about, well, you don't do this because of that matchup. This isn't rocket science. The dude gets all the looks. Like, how do you not play Michael Thomas? We always play him at home too, man. Okay, that's yeah. all I need. That's all I needed here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like him. I like him, man. All right. So, Reeves, who are some of the other wide receivers you're looking at? Yeah, I like the Robbie Anderson thing. I mean, obviously, there's some you know recents he's gotten going a little bit. He didn't hit in this first Miami matchup, but where Miami gets beat at is down the field. So it's still you know it all lines up. You know, maybe he'll make good for us. Uh, he doesn't you know, even. Uh, I, I don't. I am done being throbby for Robbie, man. I'm, he's I'm been good though. He's been good the last two weeks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> done with Robbie, who's done well the past two weeks, yeah, but I'm not done, done with Tyrell Williams, who hasn't done well all year. Dude, this That's, is, this I is mean, it. I was on Robbie all earlier in the year, then he did no, not. Same, really same. In a row, I get I it. Jump yeah. on board now. I, I, I do, I do get it. I don't want to do that. A couple guys I think that are interesting because obviously Devontae Parker has been ruined now for us. He hasn't been ruined yet, but uh, you know now everyone's on board. Yeah, everyone's uh, on chase with, it. with Devontae Parker. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is really interesting this week. So okay. Emmanuel Sanders had that rib injury a couple weeks ago, and he was limited the past three games. 29% of snaps, 44% of snaps, 67% of the team snaps. Wasn't on the injury report at all last week. Came back and played 98% of the snaps. Uh, led the team with six targets. Um, the, we know that the four are going to have to throw more in this game. Not only are they road dogs, but the Saints are also a little bit of – they're just they're just really great against the run, and that's not going to – the four are going to run the football, but, I mean, they're going to have to throw at this game. Uh, so I think the snaps there, everyone's still hot for Debo, but he hasn't really he, – he's had four, four catches on six targets the past two games combined. Uh, also, since joining the 49ers, Manuel Sanders runs 40% of his routes in the slot. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore's played just 13 uh, slot snaps all season. So uh, I think he's one of these guys that's priced down. I think projectable team target share and share of team targets, you know, have him highlighted in a range where there's not a lot of freebies. Uh, so he kind of sticks out to me. Um, listen, man, I'm going also back to the well, uh, and I'm going to keep chasing uh, Odell Beckham. I'm uh, going to go back to him. I mean, uh, the, where the Bengals give up points to receivers is downfield, man. They rank 30th in, in deep ball completion rate on the season. Um, 
So we're going to get Odell and Eli returning in the same week? Is that what you're saying? Ooh, maybe. I'm excited. Uh, excited for Eli to put this record on the line here, this 500 record. Uh, you know, when I told my son that, he was, I was like, well, we'll know if Eli's a winning or losing quarterback uh, you know, on Tuesday. And it was, <laughs> how did he that? Kind of got ghostly. It was like, yeah, oh. no, I, I understand, but hey, I'm just happy to be able to click his button one more time. In his I mean, you, you, most people would want to play the Browns' best wide receiver, but I'm going to play their second best. Uh, <laughs> I was points right now, Landry or Odell? Probably, I mean, you have to bet on Landry, right? Yeah, like, you that's crazy. To. You have to. Listen, that's this crazy. goes back to college, man. Landry just outproduces when he's on the same field oh, as Odell. Man, alpha. Just... Some would say he's the alpha. <laughs> the uh, alpha. Oh, I, 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 wanted, I just wanted to see the Eagles versus uh, NFC's James Winston. Like I was, I was waiting for it so long on Monday night, and now we get Eli Manning instead. I will, say, I will say the game I'm mo- most interested outside of Jets-Dolphins isn't on the main slate, and it's that Seahawks-Rams game. I mean, yeah. they've played three, like, incredible games the past three fun. for fantasy, and not having it on the main slate's a bummer. And and Seahawks' defense is, like, so bad. I, I, I looked up, I was like, sweet, another golf week. And then I saw it was Sunday, and I was like, damn it. Hey, at least we get a uh, primetime game that's not going to suck. That's good. But that means Bob, Bob Forrest came through last week. I know. Hey, we got one right. We finally got old Bobby right. And, of course, we're going to say that the Sunday night game won't suck. And then the next night, we get Eli Manning and Carson Wentz. Hip, hip, hooray. But we got to get off here. We got to make way for uh, Britt Devine and Dan Kelly. They're going to be coming up for the Pro Football Focus Show. Reeves, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, sharp football analysis, you know, go over there, you know, worksheet, DFS content. We're running down to the nitty gritty of the season. So if you want to make those moves to your playoffs and final weeks of DFS, then go check that content out. Dago, where can they find you other than the party room for your birthday? <laughs> you can find Chuck E. Cheese. The, yeah, baby. Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I was more of a, a, a D, what's that place? DZ? Uh, Discovery Zone. I was more of a Discovery Zone. Oh, Discovery Zone was nice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Roto World Football Podcast on iTunes. And if you go to rotoworld.com slash win, you can get 50% off using the promo code NFL50. If you are still using the, uh, still trying to make it in your fantasy playoffs, which I am not because it is very hard to both be in this industry and pay attention to waivers. So, so but that, that is so true. It's, it's, yeah, t- it's Tuesday were Tuesday waivers are rough, dude. It's the most impossible. Like that's what people like. Oh, you you're work though in fantasy football. You should win. You don't understand how hard it is to pay attention to waivers when you, all you do is write about waivers. Yeah. Um, and then also I'll just go be hiding for my birthday. So. Well, hey, I was going to make sure. <laughs> Once again, if you're watching on YouTube, first come over to Roto Grinders Hangout. We're having a good time over here. And secondly, like, subscribe, and this is the important part: comment. Happy birthday, Daigle. I want to see like millions of happy birthday Daigles out there. Also, I wish them a happy birthday on Twitter. Feel free to uh, retweet that and uh, or comment, tag him at, what is it? Hold on. At, hold on. I got to get at not J Daigle. Until D-A-I-G-L-E. December 12th. Until December 12th when I get John birthday. Daigle finally. Now, I, and I understand this is going to be, you know, this, a lot of you are going to be listening on podcasts. And it might not be Dago's birthday anymore. It doesn't matter. Wish him a happy birthday. That's just this is how ridiculous. We this is so ridiculous. I didn't. I did not. I, was, I don't do victory laughs. I don't celebrate my birthday. And then Rich just ruined it all for me. Oh, it's just so but, that's what I do, man. I ruined everything. It's in my calendar for next year. But on a serious note, not to end it on a serious note, because usually we just talk about dumpster beers. But uh, but I do appreciate. It. I really do appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. All right, we much. appreciate you. T-
too, buddy. We got to get off here, though. Make sure you stay tuned for the PFF show, for Dago, for Reeves, for Devin producing, and for the best happy birthday ever. I'm oh Eric. My God. Catch you later. Peace.